Forward to the holiday. How many is looking forward to the, hol the holidays? Okay, yeah. How many people are saying Merry Christmas when you go into stores? Hey, Merry Christmas. That's right. That's good. Let's stand, if you will, in honor of reading God's Word. Luke, Luke chapter 2. I'm going to start at verse 21. Verse 21. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms, and he blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Father, I'll just stop right now again to just uh, ask your blessing here. Take me, uh, use me to glorify your name. Use me as an instrument in your hand to handle your word the way it should, the way it should be handled. And Father, I, I give you this time. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. <clears throat> Titled this tonight as I was looking at it. Do you see what I see? And uh, so let's just kind of work our way through here. And there's about four four things here that really stuck out to me today. You t I, you know it's really amazing. It really is that I know uh, that I have preached from here on Christmas several times before. But it's ne it just it never ceases to amaze me that you can go back and 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 look at it and read it and things that the Lord will speak to you today. Go back and look a year or two back when you were in it. It ain't it don't look the same. You know it doesn't look the same. It spoke to you in a different way, and it'll stir you it, today. It's stirring your heart today in, in this particular way. And, and I, I tell you what, I love that. I, I just love that because God's Word is alive. It tells us that. It's living Word. And uh, it's alive right now today. And it's, it, it will touch you and, and give you exactly what you need today. And I, and, I, and I love that about God's Word. But let's just, just go in here and begin to work our way through. And one thing, first thing that I want to look at here and, 
is the um, is the fact that about the purification of, of, of Mary and the Levitical law laid down uh, the specifics in that and uh, the days of her uh, that it took as far as the purification and the things that they needed to do and uh, and Mary was following the Levitical law and to to come and to have a uh, Jesus would be circumcised on the eighth day, as the law had said that uh, the male should be. And uh, but as you get get over to verse twenty four, and it says, "And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons, or two young pigeons." In Leviticus chapter twelve, uh, you can read this from chapter uh, verse one right on through. But in verse eight. Uh, you'll find this, and this talks about it. It's talking about the lady that's that's had a, a male child and is going through the pur uh, the purification time and what to do, and to bring the uh, sacrifices that she were, was to bring. And it says, and if she not be able to bring a lamb, if she not be able to bring a lamb, because if you read preceding, that's what it said to do was to bring the lamb. But if she's not able to bring a lamb, why would she not be able to bring a lamb? Very poor. Very poor. So the, so the provision was made for the poor folks to be able to, uh, to, to, to do this. And says, if she's unable to bring a lamb, then she shall bring two turtle doves or two pigeons, one of them for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering, and the priest shall make atonement for her, and she shall be clean. So that was the process and, uh, and the provision made for uh, poor people. And that's, that's the main thing that I want to see here is that this lets us know pretty much that they really, they were poor, they were poor people. Joseph and Mary were poor people. Jesus was born into a poor family, a poor situation. As a matter of fact, when you stop and think about it, The Jewish nation of Israel was under Roman control. The whole nation was, un, was in captivity. Uh, and what they did allow, the Roman government did allow the Jewish people to, to have their own religious uh, ceremonies and to have their priests in place and things of this nature. But we know from the Jesus and what he did in the temple when he overturned the money changers and the, the priests there, in the temple, they, were, they were making money off of people. That's what it was all about. So... Uh, they probably had a little money or and if you could be a publican or a tax collector where you collect taxes for Roman and then collected extra so that you could shave it off for yourself, you might have had money. But other than that, probably they, there, was no, there wasn't any Jewish people that had much. So the most likely, and the reason I say that is, is because the vast majority of the people were in the position that Jesus was in. It was just poor people, piles of poor people. They all probably, and listen, here's the deal to me. That I put out just that Jesus was part of the majority of the population in his day which were poor, and, and, and I believe that. So what I'm, what, the reason I say that is he's come to the temple. There's probably a bunch of poor people, women, <coughs> that have come to, to do this very same thing. 
And they all look alike. They're the same. They're just, they're poor people. They probably dress poor, look poor. Young and probably, Jesus may not have had much kind of, any kind of clothes that made me even look good. What, we don't know. But it was just, it's, what I'm saying is that he, he didn't look any different than any of the poor youngins around there. He didn't look any different. He, I, that's, this is just the way I see it. He's, he's a, he is a part of this poor majority of folk. And it's kind of like this. If you've seen one, you've seen them all. You see what I'm saying? He didn't stick out. <coughs> mm. You know, I, I, I guess sinuses are a good thing for something. I don't know what it is. <coughs> now, he didn't stand out. As a matter of fact, when Mary and them brought him in, he didn't have some kind of a little white looking ring on halo over his head everywhere he went, you know, that you see in some pictures. It was, I, I figure, I, as far as I'm concerned, he looked just like, like you've seen one, you've seen them all. <clears throat> so he looked like the many of the, of the poor people and that, and that he did not stand out. And uh, therefore, who, who would have thought this particular one was was something. Does that make any sense? I mean, what's he's he's any different than this one? They, I mean, they're just they're little, they're just babies, right? You got poor mom and dad, and that's special. <clears throat> the only thing is, is that he was special, and I put this down. Spiritually discerning eyes saw him for who he was. Am I right? Simeon. Simeon saw him for who he was. Y'all believe that? He knew who he was. But how did Simeon know who he was? Because I think his eyes had been open. The Lord let him see. The Lord let him know. And I'm thinking, you know, there's probably something there that if you know the Lord, if he's your Lord and Savior, if you can sing with old John Newton, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Can you sing that? For real, that you see. How come you see? I, I, I believe your eyes have been opened. And so therefore I, I can praise God that I can see that my eyes have been opened and I see Jesus. I see Jesus for who he really is. And I believe it with all my heart. That to me is a, is a blessing bestowed upon me or anyone that can say that from an almighty God. I give him praise that I see Jesus for who he is because I'm telling you, I'll never understand all the people that I meet who can't see it. They can't see it. It don't make sense to them. It, it don't add up. 
It's just a book. It's just made up. It's, it's whatever it is, but it ain't what it really is to them. And they can't see it. So can, I, can we all say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that I see. Because he could, he could look no different than anybody else to me. Just like he did to many of those folks there that day. But he looked like somebody to one fellow. Because his eyes had been opened. Spiritually discerning eyes. Saw him for who he was. <clears throat> so I, 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 that was interesting to me as I thought about that. And that's, that setting, that setting that he comes in just like everybody else. But somebody knew. Somebody knew. That's, that's Simeon. The second thing that we find here in, in, uh, in verse 25. It says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was a just and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the word, uh, the word consolation here is, uh, is, is used in the King James and as, as another word like uh, comfort. It's used there. It's, um, actually, it's a, it's a form of the word that we, we get the Holy Spirit uh, from, the comforter. That sort of thing. And uh, also it's used as exhortation. I think it's uh, uh, Barnabas. It was called the son, of, uh, the son of Consolation, I think, maybe in here. But it was the son of exhortation. It's, a, it's an encouraging, it's a comforting thing. This consolation. And that's what he was waiting. He was waiting on this Messiah who's going to make things right. That's comforting to know. I tell you what. Still is today. Amen. Still is today. And this is in, in, in Hebrews 6, and this is for me now. And as I, as I look at this word, Hebrews 6, 17 says, Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, he confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable, immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation. There it is. Simeon was waiting on the consolation of Israel. I'm still waiting on the consolation myself. Are you with me? I'm, it's, I believe it just the way he was looking and longing and waiting for the Messiah. I'm doing the same thing. The Lord has already come and rested on me and lived within me just like the Spirit of God had rested on Simeon. But he was still looking for the consolation of Israel. He was still looking for the consolation and that consolation showed up in the form of a baby named Jesus. That's the same consolation I'm waiting on. He just ain't gonna show up as a baby next time. Ain't no different. No different. We have a strong consolation that we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. My goodness, hey, I've done that. The hope set before me, I have run to it. I have grabbed a hold of it. That's my hope, my consolation, waiting on it. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, where the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus. There it is. The consolation is Jesus. 
That's what I'm looking for. That's the comfort. That's the, that's how I'm encouraged by what I know, knowing him and knowing who he is and what he's done and the promises. Let not your heart be troubled. <laughs> you believe in God, believe in me also. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it was not true, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again to receive you to unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Hey folks, that's a consolation there. That's a, that's a, that's a comfort. That's an encouragement to my soul. And I, can, can you say, could you say, Lord Jesus, come tonight. My goodness. Wherefore uh, is entered in even Jesus made after uh, made an high priest after the order of <clears throat> Melchizedek. Joel took care of that. I won't have to go there. Thank the Lord. Hey. <laughs> but anyway, that gives us that. That's it. And, and to me, I can see that we. <clears throat> That I'm doing the same thing. I mean, that Simeon, I, I really and truly, just waiting on the consolation of the Lord. But then we look at, at the waiting. How many of y'all have ever got tired of waiting? Tony, you ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, let's, let's load up. I got, I go get in the car. I just <laughs> look around here. Well, it must have been something else, I guess. I, you know, I don't know. It could be five, ten minutes. She said she was ready to walk out. I'm waiting. Just sitting there. <laughs> just sitting there waiting. Unnecessarily. But I'm awaiting. Yeah. I did that one time. One time. It wasn't worth it. That, yeah. All right. <clears throat> Let's go. We're going to move on to another subject now. Uh, my lovely wife is bringing me some water. I think she's heard me hack long enough. Yes. I've been bragging on you. Been bragging on you. Oh, boy, that's good. Waiting. Waiting. And that's what he was doing, waiting. But now let's stop and think about this. <clears throat> Simeon's been waiting. It's been 400 years since Israel's heard a peep from God. All they got's the the Old Testament writings and what it said and the promise of Messiah. It ain't, you know, after 400 years, how many people said, you know, well, I, I, you know, it was a hoax, I guess. 
I put down 400 years of silence. But the promise of Messiah, think about it, was passed down to each generation. Each generation. Each generation. Didn't happen. Passed it on. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Another generation. Didn't happen. But folks, we keep passing it down, don't we? Amen. I ain't never quitting. As long as I got breath, my bunch around me is going to hear about it. They're going to know that all that matters in this life is knowing a man named Jesus and that Bible is true. That's all they need to know is that Bible's true and the Spirit of God, I believe, if they go there and take, can take them right where they need to go to that man Jesus. That, and I know that. And I want to pass that along. But here's old Simeon. So evidently, there could have been a lot of people that fell away and said, That's a, I, don't know, I don't know about all that stuff. But I know one thing. There was one man still there. His name was Simeon. 400 years after the last peak, he still is a believer. He's still waiting. He's still thinking it's going to come. And then the Spirit of God has revealed to him that you're going to see it. You're going to see it. Man, I'm lying. That'd be the ticket, wouldn't it? Mm. That's what he, so he's, he's living that way. He's believing. He's trusting. Spirit of God's on him and it says, let him know that he would see it. And then he is still waiting. And I like, <clears throat> as I think about that, for us then, I look at Titus 2, Titus 2.11. It says, For the grace of God which bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world, looking forward. You know what the looking for is? Same word that they translated, waiting there with Simeon. Same word, waiting, looking for. He was looking for it. Looking for that blessed hope. This is to me and you. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Looking for it. My goodness. Won't it be a hallelujah time Amen. when he rolls in? When he shows up? Folks, he's, he's the best thing has ever been. My heart longs for that consolation. Of him showing up, and that's what it says, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us, listen, from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. And when I read that, a peculiar people zealous of good works, it probably somebody about like Simeon. Wouldn't you think? Wouldn't you think? I bet that... I bet they said, that's the nuttiest old man. He, he sat down there the other day on the bench down on the street and said that he was going to see the Messiah before he left. You, see, you know he's crazy. Nah. He just knows the Lord. I tell you what. A lot of people think we're crazy to believe such a thing. Who do you think? would believe such a thing as a virgin conceived and give birth to a child. Man, I believe it. As that song said, here's hoping that you do believe that very, that very truth. <clears throat> so that just speaks to my heart. But I, the next thing was that I, as I looked at that and he's waiting for that consolation, but it came, but it came on God's timing. It came when it was 400 years. Don't matter. I don't, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. 4,000. It doesn't matter. It's God's timing. 
It will happen. That's what I, that's the thing that I love is the fact that I, I can have a faith and a trust in that it's going to happen. Just, I mean, just like we're reading here that Jesus showed up as God in the flesh and revealed himself, the spirit of God revealed that to this man and he saw it and he grew up and he died on the cross and he rose again the third day. Just like that, it happened right here in time, right here on this, it's gonna happen again. It's gonna happen again. Pass that on to your kids. It's going to happen again, and I want and I want my I want my children, my grandchildren, my great grand. I want them to be Simeon like. I want them looking for it. I think that's pretty good. But just God's time. God promises will be fulfilled in His time. It's just just wait until His time. But then before I left that, <clears throat> I just wrote this down because. A lot of times we still, in our lives, we, we, we wait, and we have to wait on the Lord many times. And I put, we also experience it, waiting on the Lord for answers to our prayers. You ever been there? Have you ever been waiting? Have you ever, Lord, I prayed this till I'm just, I've wore it out. And I'm just, I'm just waiting to see you move. Waiting on the Lord and believing and trusting that he will. And I believe in try, I, that even if, even if I'm dead and gone and don't see it, I still believe it's going to happen. That for the answers to our prayers, and, and, and then not only that, we're waiting on, but, but to, to learn to depend on the Spirit to help us to recognize and not overlook when He's moving in response to our prayers. I think many times we're praying and God's doing things and we ain't, we're not looking. We're not even looking at what he is doing. You know, it's like the fella in the hurricane and the water coming up on the roof and he's sitting there and they send a boat and a helicopter and everything else, you know. And he kept saying, it's all right. The Lord will take care of me. The Lord's going to take care of me. Finally, the water took, overtook him. He drowned and died, you know. God made it to heaven and said, Lord, you know, I was telling everybody you was going to take care of me. What happened? He said, well, I sent a boat. You didn't get in. I sent a helicopter. You didn't get in. See, you miss it. There's an answer to prayer. Many times. And it's the Spirit of God <clears throat> to help us see things that you can't see any other way. Wow. That's good. That's good to me. Third thing here to look to look at really is is the the, the fact that <clears throat> how involved in this with Simeon that the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit's involved is he involved in your life? It's a question you can answer for yourself. How involved is he in your life? What kind? How, how how's that work? It's working pretty good here with Simeon seems like. But I I just like the fact that the Holy Spirit is there is present is present here. Okay. It's also active. I believe it needs to be active today. For each one of us, we got ears. We got a heart. We got a mind. We can listen to the Holy Spirit. We can, we can let the Spirit lead and guide us. If, we, if, if, I, if I can't believe and trust that the Spirit of God can lead and guide me today, what have I got? My own self? You know, people that may care about me telling me what to do and what no let the let the Lord, let the, the Spirit of God lead you. And the Spirit and what it do here, it revealed. If we go back and look at it. <coughs> so 
And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit let him. It's just like reading this word. There's times that the Holy Spirit can speak to your heart while you're reading this word to illuminate and reveal things to you from his word. You idiot. You don't have to be told, God just spoke to me. God just spoke to me. And you're revealing. And not, not, only, not only that, and it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. But then also, so he came by the Spirit to the temple. So he's led. You know, I think you're probably a pretty good thing if you can say, well, I'm led by the Spirit. Do you think that you could, you're, you're messing up by being led by the Spirit? Don't think so. Now, you're probably messing up if you're just playing around and you're doing what you want to and you're saying, I'm led by the Spirit. You know and the Lord knows and probably everybody around you knows you ain't. But you know if you're being led by the Spirit of God. There's times I've had to do things that I did not think. I said, well, here we go. But I'm going here because you said to. But I, before I leave that, I just wrote this down and I think it's very good. The Spirit will lead you to the right place at the right time. You can't do that yourself. Simeon needed to be there on the day Jesus turned eight days old. That's when he needed to be at the temple. He was there. But who was he led by? Amen. No arguments at all. Spirit led him there. Wow. Spirit led. Good. Good. But this, <clears throat> this last thing here I want to look at. So the Spirit has led him there. When the parents brought in the child Jesus, verse 27, to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon, talking about Simeon, Simeon took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant part in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. My eyes have seen your salvation. My eyes have seen. That's the fourth thing I want to look at. What is it seen? What is your eyes seen? But what he saw, he saw Jesus. That's what I was seeing a while ago. I once was blind, but now I see. And I see Jesus. Not only, see, here's the important thing, is that you see Jesus for who he is. And who is he? He is God's salvation. Plain and simple. Jesus is God's salvation. Not your salvation. He's salvation for me. But it's a salvation that was provided by God. It's God's salvation that I have received. Man, I thank you, Jesus. That's all I can say. My eyes are open. I see with my eyes. Is, can everybody sitting here say, I can see. I can see. I know. I see the salvation of God. But you know what that'll do? Here's what it'll do. Here's what it'll do. It will make you want to take him in your arms. When you see him for who he is 
It will make you want to take him in your arms. It won't be a distant thing that you just talk about that people talk about the Lord, but he's, I don't know a whole lot about it. No, you'll want to get your arms up on him. What you, that's what that's what look, when you see him for who he is. You can't get over the fact. He just rolled in and took care. He paid it all in full, done it all himself for me. He's to say he's, he's what I've been waiting for. I'm still longing for him. Not only that, <clears throat> what'll happen then? When you see him for who he is. And you just get your arms around, you know what you've got to start doing. You're going to start blessing the God. You're going to bless the Lord. That's exactly what it is. And it said he put, lift him up in his arms and he blessed God. Thank you, God. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's what you do. When you see for who he is, I'm nothing. John Newton says, that saved a wretch like me. I know what I am. He died for me and paid my sin debt, opened my eyes, let me see him for who he is. I'm overjoyed. I love him. I don't deserve him. I mistreat him. I don't do him right. I don't do, I don't, I, I don't. But he's still who he is. And he's God's salvation for me. And for as many as believe. As many as believe. Not only that, this next thing he said, he took him up in his arms, he blessed God and said, now, <coughs> Lord, now, you are letting your servant depart in peace. So I put down. My eyes have seen, I've seen Jesus who is God's salvation. It makes me want to reach out and get him in my arms. It makes me want to bless God and thank him and praise his holy name because when he showed up, he brought peace in my life. When, when, when you see him for who he is, and he shows up in your life. He brings peace in your life. He brings peace. You'll have peace with your own self. You'll have peace with you and God. You'll have peace with mankind. That's what, that's, that's the peace that he, you'll, hey, the Bible says, you'll have a peace that passes all understanding. Because he is the prince of peace. Amen. Amen? He's the prince of peace. I like that. I'll read it here. Right here in chapter 2. I, I, I think Steph's this one I throwed up. But in verse 11, it says, For there is born unto you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Say it good. Peace. That's who it is. That's who it is. Folks, I, when I look in my own life and there's a lot of turmoil and the peace has kind of slipped out, I guarantee you I've got into something besides him. Amen. Whenever there's turmoil and there ain't no peace in the house and ain't nobody likes one another and can't get along, you know what? He ain't there. You done shoved him out the door and took things into your own hands. See, he's the prince of peace. Peace. I believe that. All my heart. <clears throat> and I think of that. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men.
I run across this today, and, I, and as I got looking, I said, golly, I can use that tonight. <clears throat> Y'all know the song. Do you hear what I hear? Yeah. How many of y'all, it kind of seems like that's one of them old English tunes. Way back there, heart, you know, that, the music and the way it all laid out. This is, I did not know this. Maybe some of y'all did know this. That song, <clears throat> Do You Hear What I Hear, was written by a French guy that was in World War II. Was Nazis had him for a while, but he finally was a spy on different things. But anyway... When he come out, <clears throat> his name was Leon something. He just, he changed his name. He changed Leon to Noel, backwards. You know, turned Leon around, Noel. Noel, and he turned his last name around. Anyway, it's, it's Noel Regney and his wife, Gloria Shane. They wrote this song in October of 1962. I would have thought it was older than that. How many? You know, wouldn't you? Yeah. They wrote it in October of 1962. They were into music, like music, and the, uh, a, a record company had, had, had asked him to write a Christmas song. And he really didn't want to. He, he didn't like the commercialization of Christmas thing. He just didn't think he would do it. <clears throat> but his heart was really kind of stirred because you know what was going on in October of 1962? Full-blown Cuban Missile Crisis. That's what was going on. I tell you what, boy, folks, one of the best altar services I ever seen in that little old building over there was around October 1962. Son, they rolled in from my people I had never seen before decided they needed to be at church. And that night, man, the altars was full. Do y'all remember that? How many remember that? Well, I'm, I'm talking somewhere. I don't care where you went to church. But if, if it was like us, I remember that. People, how do you remember that? Son, I, I, little old church, hardly many people around, all of a sudden, there's, there's a pile of people there. Because the Russians has got missiles in Cuba, atomic, I mean, they're nuclear stuff. This is serious business. We're going to be annihilated. And, they, he, and he was thinking the same thing. He lived in New York. And I thought, I thought this, this is wild, but he, he, put the, he, he wrote it down. And uh, here's the words. Here's the words. I've never really even, I've heard, I've heard a little bit of it, but I ain't never even listened to all the words. But it said, said the night wind to the little lamb, do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little lamb, do you see what I see? A star, a star, dancing in the night with a tail as big as a kite. With a tail as big as a kite. There's the star. Led him to Bethlehem. Said the little lamb to the shepherd boy, do you hear what I hear? Ringing through the sky, shepherd boy, do you hear what I hear? A song, a song, high above the trees, with a voice as big as the sea. With a voice as big as the sea. 
Then said the shepherd boy to the mighty king, Do you know what I know? <laughs> In your palace warm, mighty king, do you know what I know? A child, a child shivers in the cold. Let us bring him silver and gold. Let us bring him silver and gold. Said the king to the people everywhere, listen to what I say. Pray for peace, people everywhere. Listen to what I say. That's what he was longing for. He is tired of listening. He said, said when he was in the studio and they were putting this together, he had written it and they were trying to get it down that one of the producers was on the radio over there listening to see if we had been annihilated. Peace. Exactly what the consolation brought. The child, the child, sleeping in the night, he will bring us goodness and light. Ain't it a shame that I ain't never read those words before. I think that's good. I think that is so, so good. Tony, you can ease up here, but as I close out there, <clears throat> I just wrote down from, from, the, from, from that, there was a, Number one, do you see what I see? Do you see Jesus as God's salvation? And do you hear what I hear? And I'm thinking about Simeon could say that. See, I heard the Spirit of God tell me something. Do you hear what I hear? And do you know what I know? Do you know what I know? 1 John 5, 13 says, These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. That's what I know. Do you know what I know? Amen. And then, listen to what I say. And what are you saying? Well, I'm saying Merry Christmas everywhere I go. Because it's about the birth of a child who would bring goodness and light. It was God coming in the flesh. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. The child. The child. It's all about Him. So whenever I say, listen to what I say, I need to be saying it. Somehow, some way. I need to be saying about Jesus. That's good. It's a wonderful time of the year. It's a wonderful time of the year. My prayer is everyone here knows exactly what I'm talking about. But if by chance you don't, if the Spirit of God deals with you, you can certainly come up and uh, we'll, we'll sit with you, pray with you. But you just may want to come thank Jesus. Thank Jesus.